It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are flying high with Locked On Eagles, your daily source for the best Philadelphia Eagles news and analysis brought to you by LockedOnEagles.com. I am your host, Michael Kist. You can follow my work at Inside the Pylon and Breaking Football. Also, follow me on Twitter at Michael J. Kist. That's K-I-S-T. Normally, I would be joined by the best co-host in the game, Benjamin Solak, but Gentle Ben has been given the day off to be with family. He'll be back with us on Monday. Also, I apologize for getting this show out later than usual. Ben and I were trying to make something work on the fly, but we just couldn't get it together at the same time, so don't hold it against us. Today, we are going to be previewing the Eagles' home game against the Chicago Bears this Sunday. First, I wanted to update you on all the great content over on LockedOnEagles.com that will either reinforce what I'll be discussing with you today or hopefully add some new information into the fold. Recently, I've dropped film room reviews on Derek Barnett and Ronald Darby's performances against the Dallas Cowboys from our 37-9 Week 11 win. Barnett, man, let me tell you, I become more impressed by that young man each time I watch him. And then you add Darby's return to the mix, and this defense is getting the pieces back and showing improvement at the perfect time of year. Also on LockedOnEagles.com, I dropped three summer scouting reports that I did during my time with the Scouting Academy. Those pieces feature Eagles wide receiver Alshon Jeffrey, Bears cornerback Prince Amukamara, and new Bears wide receiver Dontrell Inman. Yesterday, I wrote an article on the Bears' opening drive against the Lions, highlighting where the Bears stand now from a schematic standpoint and what they may try to establish against the Eagles on their opening salvo. It's got videos and external breakdowns and all that jazz, so check that out to get a feel of what we may see from them on Sunday. There's also a piece on how the media views the Eagles in regard to power rankings and a feature on Jason Kelsey being the top-graded center for Pro Football Focus. This weekend, I'll be adding an injury report with notes as well. So if you love what Ben and I do here every day, then you'll want to bookmark LockedOnEagles.com because we are churning out the type of content that you can't get from major outlets. And the first thing I want to address heading into this preview show is the Dallas Cowboys, man. They looked awful. 28-6. to They take the L against the Chargers. Dak Prescott looks a mess. The Cowboys look a mess. And everybody is putting it on Zeke not being there, and I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I mean, it definitely doesn't help not having him there. But they're also ranked 19th in the last three games for rushing yards per game, which isn't good, isn't bad, isn't great, isn't terrible. I don't know what the issue is with Dak Prescott right now. He looks completely lost. He's dinking and dunking. 
He looks like a completely different quarterback. Jason Garrett's got to be on the hot seat. They get Tyron Smith back. He's not exactly healthy, but he was effective enough outside of the hold on the touchdown that got called back on the Dak Prescott read option. So it's just, it's interesting to me because we've seen Dak struggle before. Last year, he struggled right around the time where Tony Romo was getting healthy and there were murmurs that he was going to be coming back. He was able to work past that, but you have to wonder about, and we talk about this all the time, the mental toughness that is required at the position. Right now, he's in quicksand. Can he get out of it? How quickly can he get out of it? You know, he's a young quarterback. I'm not going to say he's a bad quarterback right now because he's got the tools. We've seen him do it. He's performed at a high level before. Can he do it consistently? Can he work through these issues and come out of it a better quarterback? We'll see about that because we don't know yet. And the second thing I wanted to address before heading into this preview show is that the Eagles opened as 14-point favorites, which is a doozy of a line, and it has since moved to 13.5. That said, the Eagles' last three victories have come by point differentials of 23, 28, and 28, so maybe it's not that absurd. The second part of that same point is the two words we have heard repeatedly throughout this season, those two words being trap game. If you haven't heard my thoughts on it before, I'm not really a believer in trap games in the NFL, at least not to the degree in which it gets used every single game with this Eagles team this season. This is not Michigan versus Appalachian State. There are legitimate NFL players on both sides of the ledger. So I'm more in favor of saying any given Sunday rather than calling every game in the NFL where one team is consistently performing better than the other team a trap game. Yes, this is the same league where the Chiefs lost to the hapless Giants in overtime. So I get that upsets happen and you can agree or disagree. But at the end of the day, if the Eagles don't execute for 60 minutes and the Bears do, the Bears are an NFL team capable of winning this game. Take a look at who the Bears have played close this year or beaten. Week one, lose by six to the Falcons. Week three, beat the Steelers in overtime by a touchdown. Week five, three-point loss to the 9-2 and two Vikings. In week seven against the Panthers, they got two defensive touchdowns from rookie safety Eddie Jackson and were able to grind it out the rest of the game for a 17-3 win. Week eight, one-score loss to the Saints. Week 11, three-point loss to the 6-5 and five Lions. That's six games out of 10 where they either beat a playoff contender or kept it within one score. But the public perception is that they're a 3-7 and seven team, so nobody believes that they're capable of playing at a high level. That's simply not true. The Bears have stretches where they can hit the high notes. The issue with them is doing it for 60 minutes. The issue with them is that the conservative nature in which they play, both on offense and defense, means they aren't capable for dominating entirely for 60 minutes in any one phase of the game. And look, I'll qualify this by saying that I don't believe losing a bunch of close games makes you a good team or means that you're close to contending. That's a fallacy. Bad teams consistently find ways to lose close games. That's how it works. You can throw the Bears into that bucket, but saying that they're a bad football team speaks more to their results and ability to finish games rather to that of which they're capable. On the other side, very good football teams that fall victim to trap games typically don't show the consistency and mental toughness that the Eagles have shown this year. We've talked about this before, so I won't beat you over the head with it, but the Eagles have overcome their injuries to major starters and contributors, slow starts, single-game penalty differentials of minus 12,600%, losing a kicker for basically an entire game. You name it, this Eagles team has worked through it, and they've thrived. I don't expect a 60-minute letdown at home. That's not what I've seen from this team's mental makeup to this point. I'm not worried about a trap game. 
We're only saying those words because the Eagles are the better, more consistent team. I had it 31-10 Eagles on Wednesday. I have it 31-10 Eagles today. Before I get into the specifics of the Eagles offense and defense against the Bears offense and defense, I'll remind you to go to the Locked On Eagles iTunes page. Give us five stars. It really helps the show. And to show our appreciation for helping us continue to bring you this content, if you leave a review with your Twitter handle included, we will enter you to win a free Pro Football Focus Edge subscription, which is a $40 value. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Looking at what the Eagles defense can do against this Bears defense, which ranks 13th according to Football Outsiders DVOA, so middle of the pack really, you got to look at what's going on with them from an injury standpoint first. Second year former first round pick pass rusher Leonard Floyd has been shut down for the season. He is having surgery for tears in his MCL and PCL. Pro Football Focus credits him with seven sacks on the season. Pro Football Reference credits him with 5.5 sacks on the season. Not sure what the reason for the divide is there, but the fact remains, Leonard Floyd is their most consistent edge pass rusher. He's got 35 pressures on the season. With him out, who is getting to the quarterback for the Bears from the edge? And it's not, don't say, Pernell McPhee. You look in the interior, you've got Akeem Hicks, who has been the best player on this Bears defense to this point, and he leads the team with seven sacks. Both PFF and Pro Football Reference agree on this one. To this point, he hasn't practiced this week. He's been nursing a knee injury that he sustained in last week's game with the Lions. If he's out, the Bears are in serious trouble because they gave Matthew Stafford far too much time to throw last week, even with Floyd and Hicks healthy. That pass rush wore down by the third quarter. It was visible. And losing two key cogs is only going to exacerbate that problem if Hicks does not play or isn't close to 100%, that is. Then you look at how the Bears deploy their defensive backfield and coverage schemes. And this isn't a team that's going to disguise a whole lot pre-snap. Typically, the cake they're baking pre-snap is the cake you're eating post-snap. And more on that in a moment, but real quick, the matchups that you can expect. Alshon Jeffrey will draw coverage from Prince of Mucamera. Remember, I have scouting pieces up for both of those players on LockedOnEagles.com to get more on that matchup. Torrey Smith will draw coverage from Kyle Fuller, which is Advantage Bears. Nelson Aguilar would be going up against Bryce Callahan. As an aside, I scouted former Baylor wide receiver Katie Cannon during the pre-draft process, and I remember his game against Callahan at Rice. Cannon would go undrafted and then would get cut by the 49ers for what I can only guess was a character issue, which is not uncommon with Baylor players. But Cannon has some top-tier track speed, and he torched Callahan for nine catches, 213 yards, and two tutties. That may be a matchup we tried to exploit in this game to get some deep shots. I'll qualify, though, that Cannon was beating Callahan from the outside on plus blitz, which is where the wide receiver lines up outside of the numbers, and Callahan seems to be much better suited and more comfortable inside at nickel. Without even getting into the Zacherts matchup, which typically doesn't matter, although he didn't have much production last week, I wanted to talk about the scheme that the Bears use. As I mentioned before, Vanchio's defense isn't going to throw a veil over their coverages. They're a very straightforward team. 
that primarily uses cover three zones. In fact, I found it very difficult to find cases of them playing man coverage against the Lions. I make that point because what happens when the depleted, banged up, and worn down Bears pass rush isn't effective and once has time to survey the field against a primarily zoned team that doesn't throw many surprises at you. That's a recipe for yards right there, or at least it should be. So I don't expect the Eagles to run into too many roadblocks in the passing game. I'll also note that Chicago doesn't shadow wide receivers. And by that, I mean they literally haven't done it all season. So the Eagles should be able to exploit mismatches based on alignment, and it'll be interesting to dig into the All-22 after the game to see how they deployed their weapons. When you look at the potential for the running game to thrive this game for the Eagles, and it has over 100 yards in nine straight games, this Bears defense only allowed 65 yards on the ground to the Lions, but the Lions aren't a dynamic running team. And before that, the Bears allowed five straight 100-yard rushing days, the Vikings, Ravens, Panthers, Saints, and Packers. I would expect the second half again to be where the Eagles really start leaning on this Bears defense and stealing their souls. Before we flip sides and talk about the Bears offense and what to expect from them against the Eagles defense, I'll remind you again, I have got an article up on LockdownEagles.com that breaks down the Bears opening drive against the Lions and also involves a ton of tidbits about how their offense runs. So head on over to LockdownEagles.com to get all the news and analysis for this upcoming game. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. There's one thing I mentioned in the Bears opening drive article that I'll highlight here. Slowing down this Bears defense isn't particularly hard as they rank 27th in the league with 17.4 points per game. But to do so, you have to be able to slow down the running game with Jordan Howard and get them to face long third downs. Now you're probably thinking, well, of course, Michael, every defense is successful on third and long, but it's especially true in this case. The Bears, when faced when third and seven or longer, ranked 27th in the league, just ahead of Dallas, by the way, with conversions on 21.3% of those plays. Although I'll point out that Trubisky has been decidedly better than his predecessor, Mike the Surgeon Glennon, in that situation. The Eagles' defense, when given third and seven or longer, ranked fifth, only allowing 19.7 of those plays to be converted. Jordan Howard ran for 8.3 yards per carry on the Lions. The Bears have topped 100 yards on the ground seven out of 10 times. They rank fifth in the league in rushing yards per game with 131 and fourth in the league in the last three games with 144 yards per game in that span. They run the ball 29 times a game. This is a running team built upon zone concepts with very good line play in those concepts. It's a good thing that the Eagles have Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Vinnie Curry, and Timmy Jernigan playing well against the run. It's a good thing that the Eagles defense ranks first in the league for rushing yards allowed. It's not a good thing that when you look at the last three games, which includes the 49ers game where Jordan Hicks went down, that they're ranked 10th in that span against the run and have given up their first and third highest run totals on the season. So if there's one place where I believe the Eagles might struggle, despite the narrative that the Eagles are the best run defense in football, which hasn't rung overly true to me in the last few weeks, it's slowing down the run game for the Bears. Jordan Howard is a doggone good running back and fits with the Bears do well, and he's got good compliments in Tariq Cohen and Benny Cunningham, who you'll see them on the field with him 
from time to time in two-back sets. They'll also bring out those two tight end sets and really put some stress on you in the run game. You can help the defense in the run by sacrificing some help in the defensive backfield. This defense should not be scared by rookie quarterback Mitchell Trubisky. I've always said that in most situations, having two high safeties is football for cowards. If we do that against this dollar store receiving core, then I'll be extremely disappointed. But I don't think Jim Schwartz is a coward, so I don't think there's any reason to worry there. Here are your matchups for those receivers according to how PFF charts both sides lining up. Ronald Darby gets Josh Bellamy. Jalen Mills gets Dontrell Inman. Both Bellamy and Inman are dealing with injuries. Bellamy has a concussion and Inman is dealing with a groin injury. They are questionable, if I'm not mistaken. I'm going to be updating that on LockedOnEagles.com with an injury report. Patrick Robinson gets Kendall Wright. And Adam Shaheen will likely see a mix of Nigel Bradham with some Malcolm Jenkins. Nothing about that lineup says two high safeties and nothing about it says shadow these wide receivers. We've only shadowed once all year anyway because we had to. And that was week three when Jalen Mills followed Odell Beckham around on 92% of his routes and gave up seven catches on 11 targets for 52 yards and two touchdowns. Sorry to bring up bad memories, but Mills has played exponentially better since then, so I'll spin that into a positive. I'll say this as well. The Eagles lead the league in pressure percentage. 42% of snaps, passing snaps, they're getting pressure. They only blitz the sixth least in the NFL. I wouldn't be surprised to see them try some more blitzes. I really don't think they're going to need to, though. The Bears have only eclipsed 200 yards passing in three games. Once against the 31st-ranked pass funnel Bucks defense, twice against the Packers defense that ranks 18th against the pass. Eagles are first in the league in passing yards allowed in the last three games at 149, and it's not close. And that's crazy when you consider game script, those 23, 28, and 28-point wins. Usually that favors high passing yards that the Eagles have been able to do that. Some more quick stats before we get going that should put a tidy bow on all of this. Per PFF, Trubisky ranks 29th out of 38th in QB rating when pressured, 33rd in completion percentage, and has been pressured the third highest percentage. The Eagles generate pressure, again, on a league-high 42% of passing snaps. In closing, I'll say it again, Eagles 31, Bears 10. Thank you for joining me today for this Bears-Eagles preview. I'll be back with you on Monday with Gentle Ben to break this bad boy down, hopefully not hat in hand having to say that I lied to you about this game this whole time. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Michael J. Kist, bookmark LockedOnEagles.com, and keep it locked on here on Locked On Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.